Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up and it's just Tara and I today. And today we'll be gifting the NBA players gifts for the season. Uh, But let's get things started with an icebreaker. Uh, So Tara, if you could watch one NBA player pick up a winter sport that wasn't basketball, what sport would you want them to be picking up and who would it be? Okay. So, um, I think we've done Olympic winter sports before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went in a different direction. I went back to like my high school days where I remembered that one of the high school winter sports was swimming. And so for some reason, that was the first sport that came up for me, even though it's a summer Olympic sport. I just thought that of of that the first thing. And so I thought with his really long arms and long legs that Kent Bazemore would be an awesome competitive swimmer. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Don't you think just like imagine him like how fast he would be in the water. Mm -hmm. He'd be amazing. I am all for that. I want to see that happen. Um. Ooh, I am torn, but I think watching Hassan Whiteside get into a bobsled could be one of the most entertaining experiences that anyone could ever witness. I just, I imagine the reactions to be just perfection. So I think I have to go with Whiteside and a bobsled or like the luge. I mean, the, I, the I think luge. the bobsled, I mean, I, they would all be entertaining. Yeah. I think we'd have to go with somebody a little bit smaller for the luge. I would just be like, how, like, imagine the core, imagine the core strength to luge anyway. And imagine (laughs) being, having the core strength being seven feet tall to like, just try to keep all of your limbs up during that whole thing. (laughs) If you were, so maybe like, like I could see Dame being really good at that. Yeah. Um, Keeping it, you know, keeping it tight, keeping those abs all clenched so that he can go down there. And oh, yes. But I don't want to think of any of those guys um, careening down the ice because the Blazers are in a very precarious situation right now, have been plagued by unfortunate injuries that are just absolutely heartbreaking. You and I have not talked since Rodney Hood went down with his Achilles injury. Um, What were your initial thoughts when that happened? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, no. I mean, and Rodney, like it, even if the season was not going great, Rodney was a bright spot to watch, I think. Just watching him finally, you know, feel comfortable and getting to see him in a full season was going to be so exciting. And I'm just, my heart breaks for him. Mm-hmm. It just breaks. Yeah. I. There's, there's, really, there's really not much more to say about it. And I just, you know. I think of the fact that, you know, he's, he's my for I went to, okay, he's got his family here. You know, he's going to have people to um, help him with his rehab. I remember when Wesley Matthews went down and I don't know what his situation was, but he seemed a little bit more alone in, in that type of thing. And I'm not a professional athlete, so I don't know if I'd rather be alone trying to recuperate, but I just always go to like, where's their support system? Like Mm -hmm. who can, um, who can help them? Like you were talking before we went on the air about like, you know, who's going to like do the little things like bring them food and make sure they have what they need. And like, especially in those right after the surgery, you know, Mm -hmm. like who's taking care of them. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm glad they today we are recording this on Wednesday and uh, today was the day that he apparently had his surgery. So now 
the recovery can start. And I, I just hope that it goes well and that uh, we get to see him back in a blazer uniform before too long. I don't think that, um, I mean, Wesley Matthews was determined to make it back in an amount of time that just like seemed ridiculous. And Rodney Hood doesn't seem quite as foolhardy <laughs> as I think sometimes that maybe um, Wesley Matthews was always trying to prove mm-hmm. a point about how tough he was. Yeah. But I think with some an injury like this, I think the more we've learned, especially in the last few seasons, is you let it fully recover. You just you let it fully recover because it's connected to so many things. And if you're going out there with even the slightest, you know, imbalance, it it can be really heart extra heartbreaking on top of it. So I think just fully letting your body heal before you come back is a good thing. Yeah. And People have been talking and talking and talking about where the Blazers go from here. And I think that subject has been – do you think that subject has been well covered? You, or is, is there something that you haven't heard in the conversation about where the Blazers go for here? Like without, you know, spending I, for another hour on it. Like what are yeah. your thoughts? I guess I I don't hear anyone saying, you know, December 15th is approaching. <laughs> A lot of things can happen after that date because trades, a lot of people, uh, the exceptions are lifted. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear anybody really saying they could still fight for this. Now, you mean do I for, like, for making the playoffs, maybe, doing something, yeah. you know? And I, I don't expect this to be a championship year, but you never, I mean, I'm 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 always of the opinion you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's not something that's covered. And I think... I think with the the heart of the team that we have, I think anything is possible, but it would have to take a lot. And I also see the the side of saying, let this season be because you have so many amazing pieces that next year could be incredible. So I see both sides. So you see expectations coming out as changed. Yeah. You're starting to see see the expectations. Yeah. And I, I just keep going back to what my expectations were the night that Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic went down. I'm like a broken record on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at that point, they were at a low point. And um, th- at this point, it's it's not as low because I do see a lot more clear picture of the potential of the future with guys like Anthony and guys like little and um, you know, with Dame and CJ not getting any younger, you know, the blazers are going to have, it sounds like they are committed to protecting, you know, the youngest players on the team from leaving and, you know, keeping the draft, you know, who knows what is going to happen, but it sounds like, you know, people have shifted to like, okay, this is just isn't going to be the year, you know, <laughs> for for like you said, you know, it doesn't mean they shouldn't try and they shouldn't uh, try to keep winning as much as possible. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, let's pull it back a little bit from the championship. Exit. I don't know when when they were talking championships, how how much did you believe it? I guess last season. Well, at the beginning uh, of, like, me. The beginning of this season. I think 
I think that there were just so many changes. It's hard to it's hard to have any kind of real opinion when you're basically seeing a whole new team. Mm-hmm. And I think to to already set expectations before you can see how it works together kind of sets you up for either being really excited about it or kind of disappointed in it. And I don't think you can ever really tell with that many new players on a court how it's all going to work out. And I still don't know if you can tell right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the injuries haven't helped being able to see any kind of continuity amongst the team. And I mean, I was never mad at them for coming out and saying that they yeah. were going to try for a championship because that's what you want. Everybody you should always do that. You should. Yeah. You should always believe that anything can mm-hmm. happen. Like you said. Yeah. I'm a wholehearted believer of anything can happen. I mean, crazier things have happened. So. Right. Well, and, you know, that's what's so fun about sports is when mm-hmm. the unpredictable things happen. There are plenty of yeah. people out there who, you know, have always been fans of the teams who were the best. And, like, you know, people who've been fans of the Lakers for, like, 30 years. They had a lot of success. For a long time, it was not very hard to be a fan of the Lakers because, you knew they were going to win. It was the safe bet. It was much harder and much more rewarding, I think, when the Blazers were able to scrape out a good season. Like, if you stood by them while they were, you know, working and scrambling and they didn't have all of these the best players when when teams come together who are more than the sum of their parts yeah. and exceed expectations. But maybe that's maybe that's just us. I don't know. I know. That's what's what makes sports fun. So yeah. yeah. The unpredictability of it definitely makes mm-hmm. it more fun. And like the you know, even when it's a even when it's uh apparent an apparent open and shut case, it's still not ever. You know, yeah. you still have to play the games, mm-hmm. I guess, is what I Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so our topic for the day is, uh, you know, it's December. We've got holidays um, coming up, a lot of gift-giving season. And so we thought that we would come up with gifts that we would give to our Portland Trailblazers. It's something that we would get for each individual player. We started – we put Rodney Hood at the top of the list – and I mean, you said it best, right? When you said what you'd want to give him, yeah. And and what what do you want, Rodney? I will I will come bring you food. I will come take care of you. I will give you my own Achilles. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Think, I think uh, we would we would do any anything for him. Um, so I have to say, before we go into this list, I'm super bad at gift giving. Like you, like <laughs> unbelievably bad at gift giving. And I don't know why I just it's under like under pressure. I just draw an absolute and total blank. So <laughs> most of mine, you're probably gonna be like, what? That makes no sense at all. <laughs> and like my kids, I'm notorious with my kids. They know they like they're like shocked if I actually remember to get them something. Because <laughs> like, I'll, I'll think of something like five months in advance and go, oh, I should like totally buy that. And then like that moment passes and then I forget what it is. And then suddenly it's like the day before their birthday and all the stores are closed. And I'm like going down to the gas station again <laughs> and going more duct tape and like convincing them that duct tape is a really great birthday present, which it is. Yeah. Who can go wrong with duct tape? You can fix anything. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm saying is don't have high expectations for my ideas for gifts for, for the Blazers. But I, I did come up with some. Awesome. Well, I guess I will kick it off then. Um, So for Damian Lillard, let's be real. Dame has everything he needs. So I came up with a gift for Dame Jr. 
Um, with all the videos coming out of him pointing at his dad and pointing out who he is and yelling dad at the thing, I think it's time that the kid gets to know the rest of the team besides Nurk, who he clearly knows and is his best friend. Um, so I want to get Dame Jr., the uh, Trailblazers guess who. Uh, so the old school game where you're trying to guess who it is. Uh, but all Blazers edition, and that way... Uh, young Dame Jr. can start yelling out other names when he's watching videos such as Super Scowl or Ant or Uncle CJ. So I definitely would love to see that kid uh, playing some Trailblazers Guess Who. Okay, will you explain to me the game of Guess Who? Because that is not one that I knew. It's one of the, you flip up, I I think that's what it's called. Oh, it's, it's all not- the characters and then you like ask a question about them and then you flip it down and then you try to get down to the one person that the other person has picked. Oh my you god, they should the same sell board. that in the store. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I would a, buy that. So a blazer version? That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Trailblazers, call me. Um I like them. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that idea. I also like you snuck it in there real casual, but I mm-hmm. really like your nickname for Scow, which is just straight up super scowl. I think it could work. I think it could work because, you know, I've been like trying really hard to get supercalifragilisticexpialidocious going. And obviously mm-hmm. it's a little difficult to spell, especially when you're excited in the game and you're trying to use yeah. your thumb to spell it. It might be a quite precocious. <laughs> but I like Superscal. Superscal. I'm going to use it. I love it. Okay. Oh, my God. You're a genius. Nice. Yes, very good. Um, okay, so your present was for uh, Dame Jr., which is going to probably make Damien happy anyway. Okay, let's talk about Dame for just a minute. Um, have you had a chance to read the Players' Tribune article about him or that he wrote? I've, I've read m- the majority of it. I okay. needed to read that last part. So big media blitz mm-hmm. from Damien this week or you know, over the last several days between mm-hmm. the, um, the ESPN cover story and the Players' Tribune essay that he wrote. And he, as somebody – I have obsessively like read every article that I could find going back as far as I could about him, like going back to when he went mm-hmm. to Weaver State. And the thing about him and the thing that makes me love him so much is he is so consistent. He has mm-hmm. been absolutely 100 percent consistent this entire time about – him wanting to make life better for all the people around him. Yeah. Um, and you can see it on the court. You can see it in his work in the community. You can see it everywhere. And like, I just don't know. Like it's, it's become so much a part of, of Portland now. Like Damien has mm-hmm. become so much a part of Portland that like, I don't know what it would be like. I can't remember what it would be like without him anymore. Yeah. And I, I worried that we'd take it for granted. So I want to make sure that we don't take it for granted. So how yeah. do we do that? <laughs> I mean, I think you just have to remind yourself how special of a person it takes to become that special of a player. Mm-hmm. And there's just something so unique about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how we don't take it for granted because I'm just amazed by him on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that article definitely made me f- feel all the feels, especially I'm talking about how Weaver gave him that first shot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting that chance of like being loyal to that team because of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The whole – he's so great. Can we have a <laughs> Damian Lillard day? <gasps> like a holiday, like an actual holiday where we like – 
do good things for other people and we celebrate Damian Lillard and we're all wearing the letter O. Like, Damian that, Lillard died. Yeah, we uh, totally should make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... Um, he's outstanding, which is also why your gift makes perfect sense because, you know, having it actually be something for his son, he would probably really appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Well, my first uh, candidate up here for gift giving or receiving um, is Kent Bazemore. So uh, Kent Bazemore, you know, I, fe- I feel like he's struggling a little bit. This Maybe not struggling, but he's hasn't really found, I don't think, his identity yet. And now with Rodney Hood out, he's been inserted into the starting lineup. He's still always energetic. Uh, he still is fun to watch with those chase down blocks. And it's actually gotten to the point, like, it's not like he's averaging that many. Um, but the fact that he's he has done them uh, a number of times that like sometimes when I when somebody gets a breakaway, the first thing I do is check and see if Kent Bazemore is in and then go, OK, Kent ba- Kent's got this. Yeah. <laughs> or at least at least going to make an effort for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that uh, that aggression that he shows in that way. So for his Christmas or for his holiday gift, I would choose a mountain bike for him. So clearly he and his wife have really enjoyed being in the Pacific Northwest. There's been a lot of pictures of like lots of hikes and stuff that they've gone on. But it seems like walking in the forest just isn't probably fast enough for what we've seen of Kent Bazemore. <laughs> so I think if he had a mount, I think he would love mountain biking. And I think he would love just tearing downhill um, and just shredding. I think he would really love that. So that's what I would give Kent Bazemore. I can totally see that. Have you seen uh, uh, enough of him in the starting lineup to have any opinions? I don't think so. I think, and I think after you watch an injury kind of like Rodney's, it takes a few games for everybody to kind of click it back in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're kind of still in shock to an extent uh, that that has happened. So I think a few more games and I'll have a better sense, but I always, I'm a huge fan of his energy no matter what. And so I think no matter what, having that much energy brings something to the court. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just better not fall, better not fall off that bike. Yeah. Big helmet, bubble around you, but mountain bike it up. Just be safe. (laughs) Wait till summer, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, on to maybe a safer gift um, for Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think Carmelo and Portland were both kind of looking for missing pieces this season. And Carmelo found it with Portland to have a team and a second chance. Uh, And I think Portland found some offense, some excitement a really great storyline. And I think that's why the perfect gift for Carmelo this season is a Portland trail, Portland skyline puzzle. Cause I think he found a missing piece and we found a missing piece. Oh, that's nice. So he can, I have no idea where he's living. I just imagine him like in the penthouse of one of those uh, buildings downtown. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just like with what that's just all windows and he can just sit there with doing his puzzle, looking out the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He won't even need to look at the box. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. It'll just be right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are you feeling about the role he'll play for the rest of this season? Well, I am still enjoying his presence and just like the the fun and the kind of the spectacle it brings. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've noticed, and I don't think we've seen enough of it to really track. Actually, before we hopped on the podcast, I looked how many games, if you had to guess – if you don't already know, how many games do you think Carmelo has played for Portland so far? Like seven. 
He's played 11 games. I was shocked. I was like, he's really been here for 11 games? God, time goes by so fast. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, 11 games does kind of feel like we should probably have some kind of an idea. And I've noticed the last few games that um, he's been in the lineup with Damien and those younger fellas when mm-hmm. they send in like Anthony and little and scow uh, Carmelo is in there some of that time. And I just, I can't help thinking how much I would love to have the kind of setup where we had Ed, we used to have Ed Davis and uh, Zach Collins coming in together and playing a lot of their minutes together. Um, and I just think, Maybe not now, maybe later in the season, maybe when things people are figuring out what their roles are and what their potential is. I don't know. I would love to see maybe Little getting some regular playing time um, alongside Mello, which is hard because I guess they play kind of the same position. But, you know, if um, Little gets some chance playing the three, he's a little bit smaller. I don't know. I would just I would like to see Carmelo not in that necessarily you know this the wise sage of the locker room giving lectures because i don't Mm -hmm. think we need that but the guy on the court that other guys are learning actively learning from yeah and i think that fits more into his style the more i learn about him is that just that kind of like uh oh you know head over there go over there (laughs) you know just just getting screamed at on where you should be standing sometimes I think could be ex- extremely helpful as an NBA player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. definitely could be. Yeah, I I would love to see him do that. I think that would be and I think the players would love to see him do that. I think some of those young guys would just couldn't even believe it, you know, because they grew up just idolizing him and to have that happen would be pretty cool for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, were, did you let's see the game against the Lakers? I mm-hmm. was that was just shot after shot. It was just Dame, CJ, and Carmelo taking shot after shot after shot. Uh, I found that a little disheartening. Yeah. But on the other hand, like I don't know what else they could have done in that situation. Like people were like pass it, pass it. Like who? Who are they who? passing into at that point? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of mixed in terms of like whether wondering whether or not other people should be getting more shots. Because we talked about it, I think, earlier about whether mm-hmm. or not he was taking shots away from Rodney. Um, you know, one of the points that Dan makes is he thinks that he is taking shots away from Anthony. Um, I'm not sure yeah. I – I don't know if I agree or whatever, but I don't know. Do you have any further thoughts on that? Um, I I don't think we can say that he's taking away shots from anyone because honestly, we just needed shots. <laughs> like, let's be real. Like, it wasn't going well. We needed someone to shoot and he's doing exactly what we're asking of him. And he's doing it without taking a crazy amount of shots. Mm-hmm. So... I would like to see more. I I do think we've seen a dip in how much we've seen Anthony, but I also think maybe there's a benefit to Anthony, you know, witnessing Carmelo do something like that. Or I don't know. I just, I think that I trust Stotts. (laughs) I, I totally, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking being on coach is super hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so is being a front office manager. Like, you know, people have all kinds of ideas about what the trailblazers mm-hmm. should do, 
But then how many of those things that we all think they should do are a even possible? Yeah. Right? Because like, sure, the Blazers should go out and sign this person. The Blazers should go out mm-hmm. and do this person. Like, well, we don't know what the interest is from other teams. Yeah. And we don't know what other teams would be asking back. And we don't know if the Blazers would be willing to give what they're asking back. It's, it's Yeah. We have no idea about the don- domino effect yeah. of any of those that like – there's just like you could pull one thing out and it's like Jenga. It's just all going to come <laughs> crashing down. And I'm like, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's not me. That is for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of Whiteside a little bit, uh, I came up with a, a gift for him. Um, and it's actually one of my th- favorite things to get on Christmas. And that is Lego. Um, I think... Lego requires a certain attention to detail and focus while building a set um, that I think would be a good gift for Whiteside to kind of take some time and meditate to himself, build a Lego set. Plus, when you're building some crazy contraption, you have to build a strong and robust contraption. And I think maybe that's the inspiration he needs to uh, turn those screens from just screens to like knock you on your back kind of screen. <laughs> oh, uh, I so want to see some of those bone crushing yeah. screens like yes. Myers used to set where people would just fall down. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe some Lego would provide, you know, a little meditation, a little inspiration. Mm-hmm. But I also think a bonus gift would be the fact that I think I set Unreal X unrealistic expectations for him as a fan of his. Uh, and so as my bonus gift, I'm adjusting them and I'm going to enjoy his double doubles. You're just going to so, take them I'm, for what they I'm are. I'm going to take them for what they are. I'm not going to be completely uncritical, but I am grateful for a lot of the things that he is providing for this team right now. So I, <laughs> my new thing <laughs> So lately I've had the good fortune through gifts of friends and also just like straight up upgrades. Um, I've been able to sit pretty close uh, to the games for the last couple of weeks. And it's I'm like, why did I do this? Because now I want to sit up here all the time. <laughs> but I've been sitting basically under the basket near the the blazer bench. So it's really fun being up that close and hearing what everybody is uh, saying, what they're all talking about. And um I've decided that the key to Hassan Whiteside is that he really, really wants to be liked. Like if you watch his Instagram stories and, you know, see the what he says in his interviews, he's clearly somebody who like wants people to like him and appreciate him. And so what what I want him to understand is that if he does what he, you know, what the team needs him to do, everybody's going to like him. So I now sit under the basket basket going, Hassan, your team needs you. Your team needs you. And everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. But I swear I'm going to get through to him because he's going to realize that there's just certain like he, he there's just certain things that he needs to pay attention to that he needs to do over and over again. He needs to get his rebound. He needs to corral the rebounds. He needs to, he's been getting like impactful blocks lately which are not just you know immediately put back as offensive rebounds <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah if, if, so if he can if he can work on doing things where his defensive things those things that do show up in the box score also prevent the other team 
Like, they also include not just a stat, but a stop, I guess, is what I'm saying. That's what it is. Hassan, your your team needs you not just to get the stats, but the stops. Because mm-hmm. what happens is if he just gets the stat, like a rebound, um, but then loses it, or like he doesn't mm-hmm. get the rebound, you know, it's just like it, they, it, it doesn't count for as much. So my new thing, sitting under the basket yelling, Hassan... Your team needs you, and um, we'll we'll see how that goes. If I get kicked out, um, <laughs> maybe I'll stop. I guess I'll stop. <laughs> okay, from one center to another center. This one is silly. Yusuf Nurkic is absolutely adorable and killing it on the sidelines with his little outfits. Um, and I know this is like super shallow, but. For a while, the Blazers were just kind of phoning it in when it came to the walk-ups. They were wearing very nice designer clothes, but not really inspired. And lately, they've kicked it up a notch, and I think Nurkic is a great example of it. The other night, he had on a suit, and the pants were cargo pants, and then he was wearing this adorable hat, and it was so cute. And so I think for Yusuf Nurkic, I am going to – I plus, I think, you know, as he's finishing his rehab and his recovery – um I think a companion would be great. So I think we should get him a little tiny dog and they can wear like matching outfits. I think that would be so much great content that would just keep us afloat until he makes it back on the court. What do you think? (laughs) I love it. A hat with one of those little tiny or a dog with one of those little tiny hats. Or the other night he was wearing a black shirt that had like a white stripe across it. And I thought, oh, my God, that would be so cute. Like on a little dog coat with a little black coat with a white stripe across it. Yeah. I'm going to need this to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to need someone on Twitter to Photoshop it happening for every (laughs) outfit because I just need this in my life. I just, Um, you know, I just think it would be fun to keep us going while we're waiting for him to come back. Yeah, I'm going to need matching dog outfits. <laughs> um, Did you see the pictures of him shooting in the gym? Yes. Oh. I'm so excited. I'm just I'm just so happy for him cuz I know he's missed it. And so I'm glad that he's getting a he's going to slowly get a chance to taste a little bit more and a little bit more until he's back. And I guess this road trip coming up is going to be the first road trip of the season that he's going on besides the first one. Oh, excellent. So he's actually going to travel with the team coming up here. Um, That doesn't mean he's like playing or anything, but traveling with the team is a, is a really great step. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Like, have you thought ahead in terms of like, how you're going to set your expectations for him when he comes back? Um, I think I'm just going to be so excited to see him back and expectations can come next season. Yeah. Um, I think whatever he can provide this season would be amazing to watch. I just want to see him back and I want to see him healthy. And I just, I don't know if you can set a lot of expectations for the first year back from something like this. Um, but if anyone can wow and impress me, it's Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> I I think one of the – not underrated because I don't even think anybody's even really talked about it yet. But one of the things that – one of the ways that he's going to impact it is just like the team is going to be so excited to have him back. Mm-hmm. And they can like run the old plays And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not they're as successful as they were with him just working his way back in, I just, I 
I think there's I think there's going to be a boost just by the mere fact of his presence. Just like when he first came to Portland, just his presence was just like adrenaline carried them. And I could see something like that happening again when when he returns. But I'm trying to keep him realistic. Yeah. And the fan reaction when he comes back on that floor Mm -hmm. is going to be incredible. Yes. Like no matter what we are going to be a very grateful fan base that game. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'm just excited for that to happen. Oh, I can't wait till he comes back. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Oh, yes. So for Anthony Tolliver, sometimes I'm wondering if he just needs to sleep better. Um, I know the NBA is a, is a profession in which sleep deprivation is, um, kind of comes with the territory to an extent. He also has a house full of kids, Adorable kids running around, having dance parties, probably staying up late. Um, And based on some of those stats, it's looking like games where he has a little bit more rest. He's playing a little bit better. So I'm thinking Anthony Tolliver needs a weighted blanket. (gasps) It is a magical thing. It's like a giant hug while you sleep. I absolutely love mine and I highly recommend them. And I think Anthony Tolliver needs one. He's going to need a really long one because he's tall. But <laughs> I could see that being just really relaxing. Have you seen the the blankets that look like a, a big tortilla shell so you can wrap yourself up and look like a burrito? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> have I been tempted to buy one more than once? Yes. Have I done it yet? Not yet. Uh, yeah, I think Anthony Tolliver is um, – uh, I don't think he's doing anything. I don't think he I don't think he does anything wrong. I just think he's a step slower. And you know, it's, it's with the schedule that the Blazers have had, the a lot of the teams that they've played, all the travel, I just think it's been hard for him um to keep up. You know, maybe in December now that they're going to be home a little bit more, he'll get that step back. He'll get that extra sleep. He'll use his weighted blanket and um, surprise us all in the second half of the season by getting a little extra pep in his step. Yeah, I, I would enjoy it. Uh, so it would, I think just watching his field goal percentage go up a little bit would be yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is just a little bit. Like his career numbers are a lot better than what he's got right now. Let's see his career. Let me find him. His career field goal percentage is 41.6. Okay. He's shooting 29.3. Yeah. That's got to normalize. You got to think. Yeah. You you have to think it. And also the three point percentage is 29.2 this season, but he averaged 37.4 for the career. Mm, yeah. His free throw percentage is up by 4%, but he's probably shooting less of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to get him to the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so definitely some room for uh, shooting improvement there. Mm-hmm. Well, my next person uh, is someone who also has had a bit of a uh, a spotty season thus far, um, kind of in and out of the lineup. That's Mario Hazonia. And my thoughts on Mario this season is that he's really intense. Like mm-hmm. the media little clips they show of him, like the way he answers questions. I mean, it comes off kind of uh, funny in terms of like his responses to Brooke sometimes, you know, of, of his just like 
you know, unabashed confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we saw him with the kids at Dornbecker, like scaring, like basically telling this one kid, you listen to me and you only vote for me. Don't vote yep. for Tolliver. I was like, whoa, dude, that's pretty intense. And I feel like on the court, it kind of comes across that he is just He's just overthinking and just needs to relax a little bit. Um, like every time he goes up and down the court, he's just like pounding the ball so hard and he's looking to make like the giant play. Mm-hmm. And I would like to just see him maybe just relax a little bit and let the game come to him because I think he's talented and like he's shown before that he can put up impressive numbers and yeah. that he can handle the ball, that he can do some facilitating. But I think he's just wound up so tightly every yeah. time he gets on the floor that, like, um, he's just like a spring ready to to pounce, mm-hmm. but not in a controlled way, kind of like Bazemore is a little bit more controlled. So, yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I think he could learn a little bit from keeping the intensity like Bazemore, but maybe being a little more chill about the intensity. Yeah. Just, just- a little bit. Just like making things, letting things come to him a little bit. So I was thinking yeah. he could maybe think about this by um, on a with a weekend at Brighton Bush Hot Springs, oh, which um, for people who are not from Oregon, it's a it's a retreat center in um, kind of the the in central Oregon area, um, and it's got all the amenities and there's lots of relaxation. There's hot springs, and he could just kind of get away and just like kind of concentrate on relaxing and just like. Get some fresh air, um, you know, get out in nature a little bit, just sort of en- enjoy, like, like I said, like letting things come to him and just practice mm-hmm. being a little bit more, a uh, little mindfulness so that when he gets on the court, he's not trying to do everything and not trying to make every giant play. Like I was mm-hmm. under like really close to the basket where he went and he could have just done a layup and he had to like go under and do this up and under like Every single person was like, what are you doing? You had a layup right there. Yeah. And um, like, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but we don't always need it to be like so mega. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just take yeah. a breath. Just take a breath, dude. You're you've got skills. Yeah. And we can the, the team can benefit from them if you just let the game come to you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I hope he has a relaxing, relaxing holiday coming up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully to Brighton Bush. <laughs> and, you know, the Blazers have more this year. They do have more fast break points, although you couldn't tell from the game against, what is it, Lakers? They only had like six yeah. or something. It was like sad. That whole uh, but, game was sad. <laughs> but over the course of the season, they have been ad- averaging more fast break points. And he, in fact, has been among the leaders in terms of uh, fast break points. And those are easy buckets. And mm-hmm. like – just concentrate on getting the easy ones, getting the, get the slashing ones, cut to, cut to the basket and, you know, get the easy drives when you have a breakaway and like don't try to do everything else. And I think that uh, he could be a contributor if he did that. Nice. Well, well, moving on to another new person on the team. We've got Nasir Little. And I think after cutting off all his hair, I think he might need an extra warm hat. Uh <laughs> Because we're going to Minnesota and Toronto in January, and it is going to be cold. And I don't want him to be cold. So I'm thinking a nice, warm wool hat will do him wonders. I think that is... A- Keep Nasir a little warm. I know. Yeah. I I respect anybody's 
um, choice to do anything that they want with their hair. Um, but it was like so much easier to follow him on the court when he had <laughs> long hair. <laughs> just like like Bazemore has like bright shoes that are really. I just like it when there's something that's easy to follow. Yeah. But it's like oh Nasir. Um, but it's been fun watching yeah. him continue to get minutes. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a fun one to watch play. I I think the energy and then. I think there's an obvious willingness to learn mm-hmm. and to try to make those changes quickly, mm-hmm. which I think speaks volumes about any rookie in the league. When they're willing to make those kind of changes quickly and you get to see that improvement happen, it just just sets you up for good things in your career. Mm-hmm. And without fail, he can be counted on for those like perfectly timed, we needed that dunk. Mm-hmm. He's just like I don't know how he keeps getting them just at exactly the right time, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's like a sixth sense for the need of dunking, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna move on to Scal, and you can't gave me the idea for one of the half of his present, which was like a real nickname because like I could not think of one, but now we're gonna call him Super Scal. So half of his present is that I'm gonna like make Super Scal trend. He's going to be awesome. hashtag super scowl. Um, but basically my gift for scowl is that he can just have whatever he wants. I mean, <laughs> he and I you need to like you need to like ground me in this one because I just have like such rose colored glasses on when it comes to scowl. Um, I like but, you know, he has the best plus minus off the bench. Granted, it's still a negative, but he's the best. <laughs> All of the guys coming off of the bench. Um, and he's just done everything that's asked of him. And yeah. like we've talked about before, I like his his screens are so hard for other players to get around. And I just I love watching him because they just look so annoyed trying to get around <laughs> him. And, you know, he still fouls. He still gets a ca- called occasionally. But um they're effective. And I think people probably feel them. Not like the Myers Leonard screen where you fall down. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they're just really effective. So yeah, Scal can have anything. He can go to the store and pick out anything he wants. I love it. Um, <laughs> super Scal, this uh, this shopping spree's on us. Hashtag um, Super Scal. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Scal, well, I guess that has nothing to do with it. But um, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> um, so for the wonderful Gary Trent Jr. I think we talked a little bit about her earlier, and I think that our walk-up looks this season have been a little bit lacking. We haven't had uh, Evan Turner pushing everyone, um, and Gary Trent Jr. I haven't even been seeing people post pictures of his walk-up looks, and I am a strong believer in Gary Trent Jr. as a fashion icon for all. Um, and he that's does why bring it. he does. You're bring right, it. they don't yeah. put as many pictures of him up, but he... I'm going to need him to make bigger statements for more pictures. <laughs> okay. Um, and that statement is going to be a full 80s sweatsuit collection. Crazy patterns, crazy colors. I'm talking like 1986 tennis uniform colors. Like I want out there craziness and I want it to just be like every game. And it's like, what sweatsuit will Gary Trent Jr. be wearing this game? So I think he could absolutely pull that off. Absolutely. I mean, he pulled off that entire flame suit. Yeah. He can do anything he wants. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I think you're right. I wholeheartedly support that. Um, okay, we haven't talked about CJ yet. Um, I was watching CJ the other night, and I thought 
if I was going to be on like Survivor or the Amazing Race, I would totally want to be on CJ's team. I would want CJ on my team. Mm-hmm. He seems like um you know, obviously Damian Lillard sets the standard as the team leader, but I think CJ really has a case for the the best teammate mm-hmm. um, because like Damien above all else is going to project dignity and he is going to, you know, take the high road and do all that stuff. C- CJ will do the stuff like argue with the ref or like <laughs> um, uh, trash talk with the opponent or, you know, you know, be super demonstrative on the field and he'll always do it for the benefit of his team. And I feel like he would go, you know, all the extra mile for his teammates. Um, I listen to CJ's podcast all the time. One of the things that he talks about all the time is like when he's a dad, like in the future, when he's like picking up his kids after school or whatever. So I know that in the future, one of his best Christmas presents is going to be his world's greatest dad mug that somebody's going to give him someday. <laughs> so for now, I would like to give him a world's best teammate T-shirt that he can wear during those walk-ups because I think he's a rad t- teammate. I love it. I think he deserves that. Definitely. Um, Let's see. We got a couple of guys left who we had a hard time with. We did. Um, Collins and Anferny. So have you come up with anything while we were talking? So I think that Collins – if he doesn't already have one needs a disco ball and a rotating colored light system in his house, because for some reason I just feel like spontaneous uh, dance parties are something that Zach Collins probably already has in his life, but needs them to be elevated. So I'm just thinking a disco ball setup could be perfect for him. Are you sure that's not because when the other night when he and Nurkic were dressed up, they look like the guys from night at the Roxbury. <laughs> Um, that could easily be influencing this decision. But I like it. I think especially a kid from Vegas, like if he doesn't yeah. already have like a rock and dance room in yeah. his house, he should totally have one. And he definitely is in with the EDM scenes. I feel like I feel like he's got to we got to up that party scene for yeah. Zach Collins. As long as he doesn't re-injure his shoulder, as long as he wraps himself yeah. in bubble wrap. Yeah, bubble wrap partying only. Because we need him on the team. Yes, we do. All right. Well, that leaves us with Anfernee. Uh, one of the reasons I have a hard time with Anfernee is because, as we know, you know, his whole family is here with him. So his mom's probably got him, like, totally covered. Like, mm-hmm. what could we come up for Anfernee that would be anything compared to what his mom, his own mom, could come up with for him? So I'm – this is – like I said, I'm super bad at Christmas gifts. <laughs> So, I'm, or any kind of gifts. So I'm totally at a loss here. Um, okay. You know what I think Anthony needs? What? I think Anthony needs a full-blown chant after like a basket or something. Anthony. I want to hear like an ant chant or oh. like something. I want to hear something that lets him know that as a fan base, we're so excited for him. So what you're so you're suggesting like what people are saying nowadays about like give experiences, yeah. not I not items because everybody has enough stuff. Give them experiences, yeah. give them the experience of what it's like to be in the Moda Center and have everybody calling your name. <gasps> yep, I like it. I think that's what Anfordy needs. Yeah, it seems like you know he's been um, he's been coming around in his scoring a bit lately, and you know he's struggling with a lot of fouls. But I don't think that 
he's struggling any more than any other, you know, rookie that we've seen come through the system at the time, not rookie, but, you know, young guy come through. um, I don't think he's struggling any more than anybody else. So I think it'll, I think it'll all, it'll all come together for him. Yeah. Yeah. He jumps so high. It's crazy. I know. I thought about giving him a pogo stick, but I was like, what does he need that for? He's literally a human pogo stick. I know. He's literally, he would just like break his head on the ceiling and that would be bad. So we definitely like don't want to do that. I I was thinking about, remember, do you remember walking around wearing ankle weights and then you take the ankle weights off and you'd be like floating on air? Like, I feel like he's permanently in that state <laughs> yeah. of like having just taken off the ankle weights <laughs> in that five minute post ankle weight, uh, freedom right there. Yeah. Like you don't really need to jump all the way above the rim. Like your whole torso doesn't need to be above the rim. You just need to get the ball above the rim. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a, he's a fun one to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't, t- we didn't gift the, the coaches anything, but I think we, uh, should, wrap it up here with the players um the season will continue no matter what Uh, who knows if the next time we talk whether or not the blazers will have made any moves after december 15th we're going to take a couple weeks off so the what podcast will reconvene after the first of the year Let's see. Um, oh, I should probably remind folks that uh, since we're not going to be on the air for a while, that there will be a, a what meetup at the beginning of January. That will be on um, January 5th, and it will be the game against Miami. So that should be fun because we'll be able to see Myers Leonard and uh, see how he's gone like 100,000% full on Miami. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I'm so embarrassed to admit this. The other day I was talking about him and I like forgot his name for a sec. Whoa. I know. I was like I just completely blanked on his name. I am so bad. It'll it's when you don't see it on the jersey all the time and he's so Miami now. It's hard to recognize him. Yeah, he's so Miami. He has gone like full on Miami. <laughs> So good for him. Um, but January 5th, you know, watch out. The Blazers are coming to get him, and the Women's Hoops and Talks group will be watching. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. You can follow the Blazers Edge podcast at Blazers Edge. You can find the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. Cassidy, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, we love your email. So send us an email with your icebreaker ideas, questions, or what you'd be gifting the Blazers or us. Uh, our email is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. And you can find me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter. And until next time, go Blazers and Happy New Year. <laughs>